Leslie, also known as Frizzy, is a St. Louis native and a Mizzou grad. She describes herself as genuine and loving with a wild spirit. She's about living life, laughing, new experiences, learning, and family. After graduating, moving to LA, suffering great losses, and moving back home, Leslie searched to find her purpose and in doing so created BizFest, a natural beauty festival in St. Louis's Tower Grove Park, now in its third year. As FrizzFest grows, so does Leslie's passion to empower women through her brand while continuing to grow in her purpose. Okay, so we have Leslie. First of all, thank you so much for uh, being on the podcast with us. Thank you for having me. So um, as I was like talking to you earlier, I uh, came upon your Instagram profile and Fritz Fest profile, and I was just so amazed that you have such a wonderful festival that you have created in the St. Louis area um, called Fritz Fest. So I just want to start by just tell us what Fritz Fest is. How did you come up with the idea? What made you start it? What was the process and everything? Yeah, sure. So Frizz Fest is a natural beauty festival. And I just want to reiterate that because I know a lot of people like tend to think it's just a natural hair festival, but that is not um, in totality what it is. It's a natural beauty festival. And um, I just, I honestly, it was like the top of the year of 2006. Seven and I, it was like January, and I was like, I want to do something, you know. I need to find, you know, I was in like this position, I didn't know what my purpose was. There's, you know, so I just had a sit down meeting with my brother and sister in law, and I had originally had an idea about I wanted to just have a small sit-down brunch or something and get a few women from St. Louis um, with natural hair, a few women with natural hair from St. Louis to sit down and to have like a brunch day where we talk about natural hair or the issues that arise with it, share stories and products. Um, but then when I was sitting down um, with my family, I was like, no, I was like, you know what, let's make it like a big thing. I want to make it a festival. Let's make it a fun um, thing that, you know, that hopefully can grow into something bigger. And a lot of that came from um, just wanting to find my purpose and something that I'm passionate about. And that's like women's empowerment. And then also... You know, I know that they do have those type of events in bigger cities like New York and Afropunk. I know they had that in Atlanta. And I just wanted to bring something like that, a positive um, event to St. Louis. So that's like kind of, you know, originally where the um, idea came about. And so basically, Frizz Fest, like I said, is a natural beauty festival. And the purpose is to encourage self-love and inspire confidence among women. I know as women of color um, and then living up to society's standards of what they consider beauty beautiful, um, I just kind of wanted to dis diminish that. Um, I was also going through a journey with my within myself um i had recently lost my mother mm -hmm. and she was just really a driving force 
in my confidence, I would say. She was, you know, a person who always told me how beautiful I was and always encouraged me. And when she left this earth, that, that there was a void that I had. And I had to realize that I needed to start to love myself for myself. Like, I needed to put in that work to find that self-love and, and find that confidence that I relied a lot on uh, from my mom. So I would just want to take women along that same journey who may be experiencing the same thing along with me and kind of, you know, go through this thing called life together. And at the same time, we can inspire and support each other along the way. And that is always needed. And you just mentioned like in St. Louis, there aren't many events that we have that are large events that kind of speak to that and are just for us. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I realized that we have that community here. We have that community of women who are into natural hair or natural beauty or, um, you know, a women's empowerment event. We have that kind of, we have that community here and I just wanted to speak to it and engage with it too. Okay. And you said you started the, the process of forming this in 27, early 2017? Yep, I literally planned it, had the idea on 2017, on January 1st, and hit the ground running, and we had our first event, I mean, it was in June of 2017, so we'll have our third one this year, in July of 2019. Okay, and and... You said you had expectations just for it to be a forum to celebrate women and beauty in a common space. Do you feel like you've achieved that and and even more since you're going into your third year? Yeah, I I kind of just so yeah, like I originally said I had just wanted so this was before before I even came up with it being a fridge fest. I knew I wanted to get something. I wanted to do something. At first, I just like a small-minded kind of scenario and I just wanted to talk about get a group of women together to discuss everything natural hair and then it turned into I wanted to do a festival and to be honest when I came up with the idea to do the festival I like you know I had rented out this pavilion and the capacity was 150 people and I was like I gotta get 150 people there like that was my goal and I was worried about that and from the first year it like blew by my expectations um we I think the first year we had 600 RSVPs and then the following year it like over doubled and we had a little over 1400 wow yeah, and like this year already with five weeks left, we su- have surpassed that number by a really good amount. So it like way more than exceeded my expectations, but it also is just a true testament of that it was something that was needed and wanted in our community. So yeah, I'm very like, I'm very much in awe at how much it has grown. Awesome. And so you said you were kind of at a transitional point when you were thinking about it. You wanted to find your purpose. Just tell us a little about, like, what were you doing before then and you decided to start Fritz Fest? Well, so I mentioned, so when I'm, I'm going to probably go back to this a lot because it is like the driving force of how I came up with the idea. But so when my mom, so I graduated college and I went to school for textile and apparel management. 
I graduated. I went to the University of Missouri. I graduated, got a job in St. Louis as a retail manager, and I did that for a couple years. And I just like, I hated my job. Um, pro- like I hated my job. I had just, I was tired of St. Louis. I had just got out of like a bad long term relationship that lasted way too long. And I think a few months before I had decided to go natural. And then once I had did that, I kind I don't, it was just, um, it was a weird like time of like self-realization. Like I just felt like when I cut my hair and went natural, I like finally felt, it was almost like a sense of like freedom. And I was like, I want to do more. Like, you know, I want to go out and see the world. Like I want to do more with my life and this can't be it. So I literally, put in my two weeks in my job and I moved to LA and I lived, okay. yeah. So I lived in LA for almost four years and within that time my mom passed away. So I moved my, I had, um, so during the time that I was in LA, all of my aunts passed away along with my grandmother. And so I ended up moving back to St. Louis to be closer to family, obviously, because there was just a void in L.A. that could, like, live in L.A. that couldn't be filled. So I moved back to St. Louis, and I was just lost. Like, I just didn't know what to do anymore. Like, you know, like, I always said, I, you know, I, I want to grow up and be make enough money to take care of my mom or, you know, and it was just like that was, like, that was just, gone and I didn't really know what was the next what were my next steps or how would I even heal from this or what what's the point of life like without my mom or how can I really be happy without my mom being here so that would I was just in a real like lost place and I think when I decided to come up with Frizz Fest I, I knew I needed to find something that would make me happy and um and in finding that, I found Frizz and I realized just like being, you know, creating an environment or um, inspiring other women or uplifting other women or really seeing other people happy is what makes me happy. So it kind of just like my purpose mixed with my passion, passion like just kind of coincided. And I think I really think that's why Frizz has been so successful. Right, because it's what you were meant to do, and you found out that it really speaks to your soul. Right, exactly. Yes, yes. Okay, and you said, um, like, your page, your branding states that your purpose is women empowerment. Besides Frizz Fest, what are some other things you do uh, to strive so that to make sisters empowered in their everyday life? You know, like, I, I try to... Life gets busy, but I try to, like, whenever I get a chance, I think, like, the biggest, like, one of the biggest things for me is, like, making sure that I make myself available to support other women. And whether that is, you know, there's a lot of women of color in St. Louis who are doing really awesome things and, I, and all these different events. And even though I can't make all of them, I do try to make a lot of them because I want to show them my support as well. And I think that um, when I started Frizz Fest, I'm like, I'm generally, I would say, or most people will call me like a private person. You know, I don't talk a lot about Uh 
you know, my personal life or things like that. But when I started Chris Fest and I went and wrote my bio, that was the first time I've opened up, you know, like. <laughs> it kind of forced you to, huh? It forced me to, to my, about my mom or my life or my past situations or struggles. And what I found, like, even through social media is being, like, just putting myself out there more and being more open and honest about you know, insecurities or the struggles that I face, I think that just, like, opens up for women to feel comfortable, too, to, like, you know, message me about them losing their mom or asking for advice. I think that that's just another way to show my a former, you know, that I, I'm for women's empowerment. It's just, it's just to be there for other women. I think a lot of times, like, black women, like, you know we don't open up to each other. Like, you know, we don't want to show people, you know, our vulnerability and yeah. Yeah. I found that like, it makes like life is hard and there's a lot of hardships and struggles, but if you can relate or find someone who's kind of been through a similar situation and you'll like, we'll find out that there's, a lot of other people who have been in our same type of situation and it makes it a little easier. We can go through that journey with somebody else too. I agree. Especially black women. Like I just feel like we go through things the most in our everyday life. You know, we're discriminated against so much more than people realize. And we're always kind of holding on to that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So anything that I feel like in sisterhood we can share with each other is always good like anything positive any motivational things even if you're just posting something and we're able to see it is helpful yeah and I just and I can be a true you know testament to that because I was just like I said I was like private you know I didn't open up a lot and I think just it's just um it's like amazing and it like makes you feel good and when you have Sister, you know, when you have like sisters, whether they're blood related or not, who who you guys can like come up together, you know, and figure, you know, figure this stuff out together just makes it that much more like inspiring, I think. Yes, indeed. Um, And to kind of expand on that, an article was just released uh, last month that stated that St. Louis was the top city for female entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. What do you think has led to this? I just think that, you know what, I think that we are, and I can speak to this too, but I just think that we are kind of like fed up with, I think some some of us being fed up with the way we're treated in corporate America. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I, I work, you know, nine to five as well, and it's almost like you're not appreciated as much and it's just solely because it could be the color of your skin or the fact that you're a woman and I think that just like women and black people in general I think like now is a time where we are we are want to be loud and proud about who we who we are just about everything that's going on in society in the world going against us I think like now is our time that we want to do things for ourselves and we want to make leave a mark on this world and we want to go back to our ancestors who were 
you know, running their own businesses and we're kings and queens. And I think that we just kind of are really fighting back to get back to that sense of ownership. And I think that, um, you know, that's really why. And I think, too, like just like the black women are being inspired by other black women who are who are running their own businesses. I think once you see somebody who is doing their own thing, running their own business, that's inspiring to other black women. And I think that has a lot to do with, like, even if we want to talk about the natural hair community, like just seeing how that's just come into place into the forefront of, you know, of whatever it is, Instagram or marketing or, you know, even they're using more natural models. Like, I think that just is like makes you more proud of who you are. So you want to you feel more confident in like starting your own business or making products from us by us, you know. So I think that just kind of, you know, all come ties in together about the rising uh, entrepreneurship of black women. Yes. And I think it's like you said, it's just it's becoming the norm. It's becoming a standard that as a black woman, you are a boss. Yeah. And yeah, I think just because we have been belittled so much in society, I think we're, we're at a point like, okay, you know, like we just, mm-hmm. it's, it's a proven not, you know, not just other people proving anything to other people, but proving things to ourselves too. Yes. Yes. And just within that, I just remember I went natural about, I guess right now it's been about, five or six years ago Mm -hmm. and just you know when it was becoming more popular people would say like are you going on a job interview with your hair like that and now I just feel like we feel so comfortable Mm -hmm. in our natural element like do you think that natural hair has become more of the standard and it's embraced more now I definitely think that it it is embraced more but I definitely still know that there's a stigmatism around that you know I know like I still know women who don't feel comfortable wearing their natural hair at work and just because and I'll just I can speak from for myself like I've been natural for a while but there was a time I didn't I didn't wear my hair down like in a fro at work like it would always be in a ponytail or something like that and I think a lot of it is because we still have to do, I still deal with today, you know, the questions or, you know, the questions from, you know, white people in the office or how'd you get your hair like that? Or like the stairs and things like that. I think that is something like hard to deal with because I think it's kind of, I don't know, it does something to you when you just have to feel a certain way by wearing your hair, the natural way that it's grown from your body. You know what I'm saying? It just kind of, yeah, it just, yeah, it's um, it's really upsetting, and I think that, but I, like I said, I definitely think that it is more embraced, and, but sometimes it's hard, like, I just go to work, and I'm like, I don't want to answer any questions about my hair today, you know? <laughs> Especially when nobody else gets the questions, that's no, why I'm, like, confused about. <laughs> no, like, and it's, it's like, and I'm, I, it's almost like you, like you haven't been around. I'm the first black person you've ever been around. Like, you know what I'm saying? You've never seen hair like mine before. You've never seen braids before. You don't watch TV. Like what? Like you, your mom has never braided your hair. Like whether it's weave or not, you know, it's just, um, it's just always, it's always something. It's just like, okay. Like I, like, I don't, it's just, 
yeah, it's upsetting and it's annoying, annoying to deal with, but it is awesome that we are becoming more comfortable. I just started a new job actually. And my coworker, like I walked in and she was a black woman with natural hair. And I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> you know, it was almost like, yeah, <laughs> you know, like it was like really like exciting, but yeah, it is becoming more acceptable, I think. And I only think it's because we are making it more acceptable. I'm not, I don't know if, it's corporate America that's making it more. I think it's just we are. We're, like, becoming more, like, bold and brave about wearing our natural hair. So, you know, sometimes it's not, you know. There's nothing you can do. I'm here. You do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> With my big hair. Yeah, but I don't doubt in my mind that they, they still feel a way about it, you know. You know, actually, I think um, – in corporate America, I will say this. Um, sometimes I think there is the curiosity, yeah. but I, I also think they appreciate it and think it's pretty sometimes. And yeah. I did find, yeah, I, I found more discrimination from black people in the office. Like when I would come in, they'd be like, can you tone your hair down kind of thing? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. that And that's like, that's almost more hurtful. You know? It is. It is. Yeah. And, you know, and you're right. I th- and think that, like, you know, corporate maybe like, white people, like, we'll look at it as, like, cool, you know, or different or unique. Um, but I, I would have to say, personally, I've got more comments about my hair from the non-black people in work. Okay. I do understand what you're saying. Um, I haven't had experience with that, but I do know that's the thing. And... Yeah, that's just like some, but I also think it's just, it's something that was kind of embedded in us as like kids, you know, like you will get, you will get a perm, your parents will give you a relaxer, like mm-hmm. Sunday you'll get your hair straight, you know, or you wake up and your head all, your hair all over your head. Like that wasn't even looked, that was even frowned upon in the black community, you know, if your hair wasn't laid and yeah. Well, and straightened and stuff so that's like something that's embedded in us and it's not only people of non-color it's like really us that have to like go inside and kind of get rid of that that complex we have about natural hair it is indeed a complex and i like you said just on easter sunday you get it straightened or when you get married then you get your hair straightened it's like for these special these the most special occasions we think our hair has to be straight and not in its natural element. Right, or taking pictures or so. Yeah. Like, it's something that we've, you know, I mean, not we, we it's, just, it's something that has also been, ourselves has, have kind of put that, like, strain about, like, what hair, what black hair should look like upon ourselves, too. Like, you know, when we do that with the good hair and bad hair, you know? Yep. Like, so it's just, it's just something that we have to continue to work, you know, to work on as a community. Okay. And you touched a little bit on this. So as a curvy, beautiful, natural black woman, um, do you feel like you've always celebrated your natural beauty or was that something you had to learn and cultivate? You did talk earlier about like how your mom was the person that told you you were beautiful. So was this something that you you had to kind of from then to now work on and get to? Yeah, um, yeah, and I think just a lot of it became came with like just me growing into a woman. 
you know, mm -hmm. I as a younger, I know like my mom was like, yeah, she was always dieting, dieting and things like that. So I always was, I was like really weight conscious when I was like younger and I hated my, I hated my thick thighs. I hated my big legs. I, I hated my big boobs. And, but like now those are like my most, those are like the attributes of my body that I like the best, you know, mm -hmm. like I love my legs, you know, I love my thighs, you know, so I think it just, I think it just came really more so becoming a woman. And um, and then also just seeing more women like me um, on TV or, you know, I hate to say it, but Instagram, you know, like I like I love that. Like I love seeing women who are, you know, have this natural figure that is not perfect, quote unquote, and like embracing it and loving it. And I think like that helps too with just seeing women who look like you who love it and who celebrate it and i think um so yeah i think it just came more so with like really just becoming a woman and just like really not i think as you get older you stop caring so much about what other people think yes <laughs> yeah like because at the end of the day it's you it's yourself who has to be you could be have abs of steel and muscles and toned and you know and if you don't people could look at you and think you have this perfect body but if you don't love yourself then it, it doesn't matter so I think that yeah I think I just like got older I just didn't care what people thought especially like you know people who I didn't even know or who didn't even know me you know like right. yeah like I I yeah, I'm much more focused on things that are important, you know, and I, I do the best that I can to, you know, take care of my body, whether it's working out or eating healthy or drinking water. And I think that's me doing my due diligence, you know, so whatever it looks like, that's how it looks. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so with the you talked about just seeing beautiful depictions of women on social media. Um, but we also are in a time where the standard of beauty is involves a lot of surgical enhancements. Um, what are your thoughts on that? And that like, just what it does for us women? Yeah. Um, so let me just say this first. I don't want to offend anybody who's had any plastic surgery or enhancements or anything like that. Um, I just, you know, I'm all for what makes you happy what makes you happy and not anyone else, um, you know, do it as long, you know, be safe or whatever. But I just think that, I think the problem is that when other women or young women or little girls are looking at those bodies that aren't natural and that had to have work done to make it look like that, start looking at those bodies, and hating their own bodies and right. I think yeah so I think like that is the problem because and I think the problem is that we are society is looking at a figure of a person that's not real and and considering it as what's the standard of beauty like that just doesn't make sense to me like how can something 
unreal be the standard of beauty you know that just does it just doesn't that doesn't make sense to me and i think that and i've even you know i i mean i can't lie i've even seen you know pictures and like, oh man like you know you see pictures like somebody has a smaller waist or a flatter stomach and you i mean you can't help but to think like oh i need to get in a gym but that it's just unrealistic sometimes you know what i'm like you right can, you can do what you can do, but it's just unrealistic. And I just, I think it just becomes a problem when we start hating ourselves by looking at something that's not natural. And, um, but I think that's why it's important for us to be even more, like I said, loud and proud about being natural. And that's not taken away from anyone who's not, but that's just, it's celebrating you know, it's celebrating us for who we are and how we were made and basically giving a middle finger to society and say, you know, I love myself despite what you guys think is beautiful. And I think, too, it just I think it becomes a problem when it just becomes, you know, you get surgery and you still don't like the way you look and then you get more surgery. You still don't like and it now it becomes a danger to your health. You know, so I think I mental think, and physical, mental and physical. And then you have you have women who can't afford to go to the top notch doctors and they're going to hotel rooms and basements like that. Like, I think that is the problem of it. And like you said, mental, you know, just as much as physical, that that stuff can mentally do something to you if you start to hate yourself, you know, and I just think that that's why I think. That's why I just love the whole natural beauty and the natural hair movement because it's needed. We have to do things times 10, you know, to get the amount of exposure as, you know, the doctor of bodies. <laughs> yes, yes, I agree. And I, it's, it's almost like you're, you're, we're competing. I feel like, like you said, there is this kind of push in this celebration of natural beauty but at the same time alternatively we have you know all the surgically enhanced mm -hmm. bodies that are being promoted and pushed out there so it's like you have to combat that especially to young girls because I volunteer with young girls mm -hmm. and they have body issues so young it's so sad yeah and, and it's, it's even without social media you you know, a lot of women have that. So, like, in addition to social media, like, I couldn't imagine. I always literally thank God that I didn't grow up in the way it is right now because I wouldn't, I couldn't imagine how I would feel as a high schooler or a great, like, you know, have, have these girls, like, look for prom. Like, I'm like, oh, my God. I know. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, I got my I got my prom dress from, like, a clearance and dealers, you know? Like, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I couldn't do makeup for nothing. Like, these, these like, young girls are, like, beat, like, face. I know. Her lane. Like, I'm like, I still barely know how to do my makeup. <laughs> But I think that's beauty in that, though. You know what I'm yes. I think that, like, I, like, I think that is the most beautiful thing is when you're, like, tr really, truly happy with yourself and love who you are. Because nobody can take that away. No doctor can make me love myself more. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just think that is, like, I think, I 
like I said, I think first, like everyone needs to try, like start, you know, start first and like read some books or do things that make you happy. And, you know, if that's not doing it, if you, you know, and I'm all for you just had a baby or you breastfeeding and things are like, I'm do it. Like I'm all for it, but I just think it, it shouldn't take place of you loving yourself. Like plastic surgery, you know, it's not, it's not a replacement for self-love. There you go. There yeah. you go. Um, do you think a woman should alter, ever alter her hair or, or anything else for the man that she is with or dating? Um, I, I mean, not if they don't like it, not if the person is against it, but I think that, I think it's fine if you like, if a guy says, hey, like, I think this style will look cute on you and you agree, it's like, okay, cool, I'm, let me try it out. I think it's like if it's bad. I think it, that's totally fine. But if somebody's like, if you're natural or something, let's say you're natural and like, I want you to perm your hair and wear it straight all the time and dye it blonde. Oh, and, no, he got to go. Yeah. And, if, <laughs> and then if that's not what you had in mind already, then no. You know, like, no, I don't, no, I don't think that's okay. But I do, like, I, I think it's just like in a, in a, any type of relationship, you might say, oh, hey, hey, babe, that, that blue shirt will look good on you. I think that's fine. Like, if it's just, like, it's not anything where it's, like, because they don't like how you look right now or, you know, if it's just, like, a suggestion or, you know, I, I think that's totally fine if it's something that you're down for trying. But, no, if somebody's telling you how to look or how to be because they're not, they're not happy with how you look at that current state, then no, I don't think that's okay. And do you think this natural movement will die out and we will ever go back to like relaxed hair being the standard? No, I think it's just going to keep growing and growing because I know like, I don't know how, let's shoot, like maybe I went natural maybe 2011. I think people were wondering that then and it's only gotten bigger. I, I, no, I don't think so. There's more and more... There are companies coming out. Like you said, there's more women entrepreneurs coming out with natural hair, natural hair care, body care. You'll, you know, you're starting to see more models, you know, brown, brown models with froze and natural hair. And no, I definitely only think that it's going to um, grow. I often wonder, like, I guess in our generation, how... I guess we, we, you know, we grew up in as relaxed as the standard because I look at pictures of my mom and my cousins that are older than me and like at the parties they have froze and mm -hmm. everything. And it just seems like it's been, it was our generation and I, I'm happy though. We were like, nope, we want to go back natural. So right. yeah, I, I'm hoping that it's not another wave, like kind of how we grew up in. Yeah. 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 And I, that does make sense. Right. I just think that overall, like I said, like overall, I think like, I think that black people are, not to say that we didn't have it before, but we are like re-establishing our sense of black pride. And, and that goes way far beyond natural hair, you know, just with all the movements and all the community organizations. And I just 
like I said, I think so much has been done to us and so much has been taken away from us. We are going back to our roots and we're learning more and we're reading more and we're speaking up more. And I just think, I think that that's why I feel like it's not going away because it's not just natural hair. It's not about natural hair, but I think the black community as a whole is, you know, making our, making, like, wanting to make more of a stance in this world and bring it back to, like, you know, how our ancestors were raised and how times were before us. And I just think that, I don't know, I just think that it's, yeah, like I said, it's only going to continue to grow because we are tired of the way things are. <laughs> you know, I think we're like that. Yes. How the world. And we're happens. tired of assimilating. I think we're tired of assimilating. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, you know, just everything has just almost gotten to like a, okay, now like everything has been taken. Hip hop, music, you know, hip hop music has been taken away from us. You know, they cast, um, even if we want to go deep and talk about colorism and they cat, you know, they cast casting more lighter toned or who look mixed race people, I think we're just like, okay, let's, let's take this back. Take this back. <laughs> like, hold on. You know, I, we're starting to realize, no, this isn't, you know, this isn't right. And so, no, I, I hope it stays too. You know, I hope it doesn't go away. You know, I, I know I'll carry it on. Once I have children to my dad generation. So let's just, you know, that's all I can do really is just make right. sure. Yeah. And, and organizations and businesses and events like Frizzfest help yeah. to promote it and help to keep us um, happy and proud and not afraid. Exactly. So how much more do you want Frizzfest to grow? And what do you want it to grow into, if anything? Or are you just letting it organically happen? Um, I... You know, I definitely have plans, um, but at the same time, I am letting it organically happen because I always say with Frizz like, even, like, last year, I just kept saying, this is just, like, it just felt like a family reunion. You know, I don't, <laughs> you know, yes, of course I want it to grow, and of course I want it to get big, but I never want it to lose that feeling of just really, like, have come people come together and having a good old time. And so of course I wanted to grow and each year we add new things. Like last year we added music and live performances. And in the future we, we wanna add speakers, you know, you know, figuring out a different event spaces that can kind of tailor to that. So of course it, we have plans for it to grow. Um and expand and hopefully enter different markets, but it's always going to be in St. Louis, no matter awesome. who is always going to be in St. Louis. And then, of course, like my organization, Frizzy by Nature, of course, um, not just Frizzy, but we do have other events in mind that we want to develop and continue to grow to kind of, you know, that, that do put out that same message about women's empowerment and support. Um, so we have a few different events and ideas up our sleeve coming up for the future. But, um, yeah, like, yeah, of course I wanted to grow. I wanted to reach as many people that can possibly can, um, just because I think it just, it's such a, I don't know about everybody else, but I just leave there like just on cloud nine. And it's yeah. not because, 
of me. It's not because like, oh, I did this. Like, I it's because just seeing everybody there happy and having a good time. Like, that's really what it's all about. So, yeah, I want to grow and reach as many people as I can. Awesome. Okay. In one sentence, what are you in pursuit of? I am in pursuit of fulfilling my purpose. Okay. Yeah. And this Frizzfest, I'm like, as you stated, I think it is an awesome, like you are fulfilling your purpose and you are helping other women grow. I can just see the love and the (laughs) empowerment within the fest. Yeah. Thank you. I definitely think it is part of my purpose, but I think like I, You know, I'm still young and I still have a lot to learn and a lot to see. So I know that if God put this on my plate, if God gave this to me, I know there's so much more that he has in store for me. So that's why I say in pursuit of fulfilling my purpose, because I know it's not fully fulfilled. And I know there's like more in store and I know there's like more I can do and bring to the world or the community. So, yeah, I'm excited where this journey takes me. Great. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tell us the dates for Frizz Fest and where people should go for information and everything. Okay. So Frizz Fest is July 20th. It's from 12 to 6 p.m. And it will be at Tower Grove Park in St. Louis, Missouri. And you can find more information by visiting frizzybynature.com. Um, you can find me on Instagram. My personal Instagram is Frizzy by Nature. We have a Frizz Fest Instagram, and that's just Frizz Fest, F-R-I-Z-Z-F-E-S-T. I have a personal Facebook, and that's Leslie Nicole. And a Frizz Fest page, and then you can just find us at Frizz Fest 2019. Um, it is free to come out. It is family friendly. It is open to everyone. Yes, this is in celebration of women, but we more than welcome men, people of all races, children, bring the family. Um, Again, it's free. You can RSVP at Eventbrite or through our event page on Facebook or through our website. You do not need a ticket to get in, but we would love you to RSVP. So we know know how many people are coming to the party. So we know how many people are coming (laughs) and we can share that with other people so we can try and get more sponsors to make it even better next year. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much for the great interview, for the great information, for all the feels that I feel right now. (laughs) Thank you, Leslie. Well, thank you so much. I really enjoyed myself. Thank you so much for listening to episode 10 of the In Pursuit of podcast with Leslie Hughes. If you are in the St. Louis area, please, 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 please attend Frizz Fest. It's July 20th from 12 to 6 p.m. and it's in Tower Grove Park. Visit frizzybynature.com to RSVP for the event and please go. Episode 10 will be the last episode of our first season. But what an awesome season it has been. I'll be taking a short break uh, for the summer, but coming back soon with new episodes and more amazing guests and topics. This podcast is produced by myself, Alina Melton. 
The podcast is available on all of your favorite platforms. Please follow our show's Instagram page at underscore in pursuit of. For questions, comments, show or guest suggestions, please email of at gmail.com. Don't forget to like, follow and share the page as well as the podcast. While I'm on this break, please give me all your feedback. Tell me what you thought of any episodes that you've listened to, what you think I can do better, what you'd like to hear. I want to hear it all while I am kind of revamping the podcast. So thank you all for rocking with me through episode one through 10. If you had, if you just listened to a couple, thank you so much. Thanks for the support and um, sharing with your friends. Have a great summer.